We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. One o'clock hour here on Cody and Gold. Alex Gold, Cody Tap, Jed Marshall with you here. Nick is on vacation. He'll be back in about eight shows or so. We did get a text from Nick, actually. I feel bad for our guy, Nick. We thought he was giving us a hard time and joking. News. He did just text yeah, us and bad, say his flight news. to Munich just got canceled, which sucks. We feel terrible on that. And he made me come in today? What well, the hell? He, well, well, I bet he's still going to try to get there. One, he's, in, he's in Denver already, and his flight out of Denver, I guess we were thinking the weather you got to worry about in Denver, but Munich's got some bad weather, so his flight, that sucks. His flight was supposed to leave this afternoon, and his flight got canceled, which I feel, I feel terrible, man. Well, this trip's cursed. He should cancel oh, it. What? It's a cursed trip. Jed, am I right? I'm 100% with you. It's I won't cursed. be here tomorrow because Nick's apparently not going to Germany. <laughs> He's just flying back today. My so. guess is he will end up flying out later tonight or tomorrow or something and maybe have to fly into a different city or something. That's whole one, one whole last day that's, of I your vacation. I mean, that's why I feel terrible. That's awful. I, I feel awful. It's one thing for your flight, you know, Kansas City to Chicago gets canceled. Your flight to Mune out of the country gets canceled. That's, that's very probable. I've never had a flight canceled. Uh, I have, but not, I've never flown out of the country, so that's got to be. Yeah, you did. Work. You missed a show once because you had a flight canceled. Yeah, the the one from the Vegas. one you knew was going to be canceled. He booked a return flight on Spirit, yeah. right in the middle of them canceling a million flights, and he spent six weeks talking about like ah, it's probably a mistake. Well, I'm never flying that probably, again. probably that flight's probably going to get canceled. It's like ah, yeah, and then of course it did. Why did you go through with it if you knew that the flight was going to well, be so canceled? I, I had a trip already planned months in advance to to Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um. At that time, I was going pretty much like once a year. Actually, I, haven't, I didn't go this past calendar year. but And I was like, on the way there, I, th- I think I flew, I don't know, maybe Southwest or something. And then on the way back, it was significantly cheaper to do spirits. I'm like, oh, I'll roll the dice. And we were up at training camp before, and we did multiple shows. And I'm like, oh, this thing's going to get – this thing's definitely going to get canceled. And sure enough, uh, it did. <laughs> and so I, I had to miss a show, and then – I flew a different airline. It cost myself some oh, money. Someone says, no worries. It just gives him extra time to plan the proposal. Ah, true. <laughs> true. <laughs> someone says, hope the guy next to him has shorts on with hairy legs as well for the now, tower see, now we're not. I'm not wishing that on Nick now. That would have been so. funny from the flight to Munich for him to talk about the fact that he didn't want anyone wearing shorts. If someone was in shorts for that 10-hour so, flight right next to him, I'd feel so bad. Oh, I don't. I feel bad about the flight getting canceled. I don't feel bad if someone chooses to wear shorts next to him on the plane. By the way, just... France is already up one nothing on Morocco. Mbappe uh, or who? Five minutes. No, it's Hernandez. Okay. So anyway, yeah, uh, World Cup semifinal. The winner, of course, goes on uh, to face Argentina. But just yeah, five minutes into the match, France up on Morocco. Okay. Uh, last night uh, we had our toy drive. So first and foremost, thanks to everybody that participated in that benefiting the boys and girls club of greater Kansas city. We're at Jefferson's North KC had a great time. Saw some of our listeners, a uh, great amount of toys donated. I know the boys and girls club, uh, we're really happy with that. Jefferson's also donated a portion of proceeds last night, wrote a check to the boys and girls club of KC. So I think it was fantastic. We appreciate everybody's support. And, uh, Cody was sweating his ass off in the Santa costume oh, so for three hot, hours. Man. His hair, I'd never seen it like that before ever. It was like flat. It was weird. It was out of It was all, it was, it was very like weird. sweaty underneath the hat. So just like it matted down to your head, you know? Yeah, it was very weird. But we had a great time. I did get my sweet corn nuggets before I left because I went with the wings early and then 
just inhaled some of the, the sweet corn nuggets. So those were those were fantastic. So appreciate everybody again. Uh, while we were at that, also, the Royals were having one of many future listening events, if you want to call it community events, to, to get public feedback on, of course, this massive stadium uh, project. And it's the ballpark district, as we know. The overall price tag is $2 billion. The price tag for the stadium itself, $1 billion. A couple things were learned last night. So it was John Sherman. Members of the whole organization were there. You had, uh, of course, the community that was at the event. Uh, and then you had a couple representatives from you know, like Populous and other uh, companies sure. that are involved, of course, in the potential project. Uh, and we learned a few things. One, real quick, housekeeping stuff. The earliest a vote could occur uh, is August of 2023. So if you're wondering when would you have an opportunity to vote yes or no, that's earliest would be on the ballot in August. Capacity, we learned 38,000 capacity, 34,000 seats. That was another thing that was confirmed last night. And I think one of the more most important things, at the very end of the night, John Sherman was asked, uh, can you make a promise uh, that the Royals won't leave Kansas City, Missouri? And he said, we can do that. I think most of us felt confident versus where the I didn't Chiefs think are they at. Were they were I don't stay. think either team's going. I don't either, tour, but, but the one that was, quote-unquote, more up in the air would be the Chiefs on the, on the Kansas thing. The, the Royals confirming, though, last night that you know that they're, they're staying in Kansas City, Missouri, I think is also uh, something that everybody's happy to hear. Um, but there were some interesting questions, I think some fair questions, uh, that were asked to John Sherman. And a couple of the answers I thought were interesting. First and foremost, uh, John Sherman was asked why taxpayers should foot part of the bill. We know this is a, they're calling it a public-private partnership. We have been we the entire time. Yeah, we don't know the, the split. Uh, that's a number we don't have yet. We don't know out of that billion dollars for the stadium. We don't know if it's 50-50. We don't know if it's 70-30. We, we don't know what the breakdown is. But he was asked why should taxpayers foot part of the bill. His answer was, quote, we are asking we do this together. You will hold us accountable to deliver benefits on your behalf. We will be beside you with a very significant investment. Let me first say, you guys know I am very pro the idea of downtown ballparks. You guys know that. I, I think, also think a downtown yeah, ballpark will uh, be cool. And, and I think it, it is beneficial uh, to the city. And I think if the city is to continue to grow, a downtown ballpark is a great way to continue to be part of that effort to do so. That's With that said, um, the notion, though, that fans and therefore residents of Missouri – will hold the organization accountable. What happens, though, if you don't live up to your promise on the other end, which was something you had mentioned earlier, which is when the time is right, we'll invest heavily in this team. And this How about not when the time's right? New revenue. Because we have to invest now. Why can't you? Like, to me, that's the reasonable stance. You can't keep telling me, trust me, man, when we're supposed to invest in this, in this baseball team, we will. You can just do it now. Pay some of these young players. That, that's what it really comes down to for me. Pay some of these young players. I'm not even saying go out there and sign Carlos to Correa for a 13-year, million or 13 year, $350 million deal. Right. Uh, pay some young players. Pay some of the guys in your roster. Pay Bobby Wood Jr. or pay Brady Singer or pay Vinny Pasquantino. Pay MJ Melendez. It doesn't really matter to me. The guys you decide and identify is the one who pay them, although I'd like it to be Bobby Wood Jr. But pay them. Pay Bobby Wood Jr. a couple hundred million dollars because – if you don't want us, if you don't want to wait for the stadium, then I don't think it's necessarily fair to ask us to wait for you to be competitive before you invest in the baseball team. That's tough. I like the idea of a downtown stadium. I know it's going to happen. I'm all for it. I understand the concerns, as you've said, about this. I am curious what the final numbers committed because at this point they're being quiet, and I'm assuming part of the reason they're quiet on it is because they don't have the full accounting of the numbers yet because we don't know yeah, exactly what the stadium is going to be like. That. But when he says we're going to foot a big 
part, right? That's how he put it, right? A big part of the billion-dollar stadium project. What, what does that mean to you? What is a number that is then acceptable? Because to me, it's got to be at least half, right? Like, if you're saying a big part, at least half. Like it should yeah. be 500 million, right? It, that, that's going to be really interesting to see the, the actual breakdown on that. Because uh, we, we know they've made a commitment. They have at least said publicly that Jackson County residents will not see theirs go up any more than additional what they're already paying for the current renovations that are still ongoing. The, the cost is still ongoing yeah, they, they are. until 2031 30. or 30. Yeah. yeah. So that that's what they have pledged and they have promised. We'll see where everything bears out on the financial side. I think we'll maybe and learn more. And he said more that he might wouldn't just mind just continuing that same thing, like where it's not new tax dollars. It's just continuing said commitment. And, and uh, one of the individuals, uh, Sarah Dempster over at Populous, uh, had mentioned last night at the event that, it will cost as much to upgrade and renovate Kaufman billion dollars as yeah. it would be to build a new ballpark. That's a dollar amount that's been thrown around, thrown around. And we understand that the stadium was built in the seventies and, and the concrete and some major issues. With well, and going, going downtown with means another billion dollars because they want the baseball ballpark. Yeah. Which now the, but that, that actually, that is not part of the public financing part of that. That's the, the billion dollar for the stadium is the public finance part. The extra, the billion on the other side is not what they're asking the public for. Um, but I think what will be interesting, as you said, will be the, the, the actual breakdown of of where it's going to be uh, location-wise, which we still don't have an answer for, and then also what is the real uh, percentage that you're asking. If it's a billion-dollar price tag, um, is, is ownership, yeah, is ownership paying 65% of that, 50%? I know in a perfect world, uh, it should be 100%. I, it's I get probably that. like we know, we their know the, financing, 350 uh, the States. city and Major League yeah. Baseball somehow chip in, or the state and Major yeah. League Baseball somehow are responsible for another 150 million, and probably publicly finance the other half. That'd be my guess. Yeah, we'll we'll find out as more of these events take place. This was the first of what they're what there's is there four of these planned? Something yeah, like four. that. So there's three left, three more to go. Um, and I don't know what the date is on the next one. Uh, it's hard because your job is to get as much public support for it as you can. But I also think mm-hmm. pitching it like you're doing me a bigger favor than I'm doing you is just not accurate. And I, and I, it just, it just isn't, it, I'm not saying it can't be good for the city. You and I both talked about this with the airport. Mm-hmm. I like things that this is why I voted yes to the street. Like I like things that improve our city, make progress it more attractive the, to the, other the people, city? progress yeah. it yeah. forward. You need things like new airports and developed downtown areas and good public transit and those things to do it. And the stadium could very well assist that. But I'm also giving you hundreds of millions of dollars for an asset that only you will own that will improve exponentially in value based on anything mm-hmm. we know about Major League Baseball teams and the thing you just bought for a billion dollars with a new stadium in which you're responsible for, let's say it's a billion dollars between the downtown yeah. stadium project and the other stuff is going to be worth triple that in under 10 years, right? We- so it's, it's hard to be like, well, it's more for you than us. And you're like, it's not. But we, you know, like I understand why cities make these decisions or why downtown baseball is cool and all that. I just, you know, I know the perfect world scenario of you pay for all of it. It's probably not going to happen. Yeah, the unfortunate setup in this country when it comes to stadiums and professional teams is that they're publicly financed. And, and I don't know how you break out of that cycle, unfortunately, because uh, there's been very few fully uh, privately funded, uh, vi- you know, venues, frankly. Uh, the one example that we always give is the Golden State Warriors out in the Bay Area and Chase Arena, that actually is a completely privately financed arena. That's a rarity. Uh, there, there, there's just not many uh, projects that are completely privately financed. Um, 
I think you you and I have talked a great deal about it. just um, the, the the kind of the, the unfortunate cycle that exists with that. Uh, fortunately, we, you heard last night the commitment to stay in Kansas City, Missouri, from John Sherman uh, and, and the Royals ownership group. Um, but we know in other cities how publicly financed projects have been used as leverage for staying or leaving. Right? I mean that 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 that's why why if you're asking like why has this been allowed to continue, this idea of publicly funded stadiums and projects because we have seen in other cities unfortunately the result of those projects not coming together um san diego a couple times yeah obviously oakland um and so well we've seen the ones that go bad like someone's mentioning atlanta like they haven't had quite the i'm talking about just like the threat of leaving yeah. kind of stuff oh, that have happened yeah, in other cities yeah, yeah. the unfortunate and cycle then, there are there are some and the royals ex- aren't doing that which i appreciate no. fortunately yeah very fortunately well honestly does that seem like a good strategy for them like, I know why you do that to Oakland. Kansas City would not be a good city, to, in my opinion, to threaten. Like, not if you're the Royals. Chiefs can threaten whoever they want, if that makes sense, right? They're the Chiefs. They got Patrick Mahomes. They got a Super Bowl in the last couple of years. They can kind of threaten whoever it is they feel like. But the Royals really do need the public support. And I'm not saying that when the time comes, I made it very clear to you that I wouldn't vote for that, and I still think that they can afford the stadium and all this stuff. But I... These forms are so fascinating to me because some of the answers they have for them are very reasonable, right? Like, you know, I, I don't think it's re- like John Sherman's like, hey, how come the Truman Sports Complex is never developed? And if I was Sherman, I'd be like, one, not my problem. Uh, I was never in charge when they were trying oh, so to they've had 50 it. years to figure that out. And it doesn't, yeah. you know, and that's the thing. It doesn't matter why the Truman Sports area has never been able to be developed as much as the fact, one fact about this. It never will. We could put $2 billion into that area, build a whole brand new stadium and a ballpark village, and it's never going to be as likely to develop as if you put it downtown because nothing's, nothing has grown there outside of tumbleweeds in 50 years. Yeah, I, is, thought, I don't know. Personally, I thought the Taco Bell was going to spur all kinds of economic development around there, man. It just never, you know, just actually, really never you know what's happened, funny about so. it is the development's actually gotten worse. There used yeah. to be a hotel. I know. Yeah. Like it's actually gotten worse. They're like ah, less, actually. I don't. I mean, maybe that Denny's popped up, or was it always there? How long has the Denny's been uh, there for a while? That popped up after the stadium was built, so maybe we should be talking about it differently. The Denny's has had a good run. That popped up because where, that Denny's <laughs> even be there if the stadium wasn't there. <laughs> Probably not, right, Jed? That Denny's wouldn't even exist. I wouldn't think so. I wanted to make so many <laughs> Denny's jokes, but you beat me to the punch. <laughs> Look, I that Taco Bell, by the way, if they ever move the sta- if they ever move Royals, if, if Kaufman and Arrowhead both move, that poor franchise owner, that Taco Bell's gonna go bankrupt. Have you thought about him? Cody. That guy's gonna go bankrupt. His his entire profit margin, that one gas station, the Minute Mart, and that Taco Bell, they're gonna go bankrupt. You don't know that. The industrial park right around the corner is a very lovely area. They're gonna be people trucking look, in from over there. Like I in all seriousness, though, you, you mentioned the Chiefs aspect here. I mean, that, that's the other part that I think is, uh, of course, interesting about this entire conversation with what the Royals are trying to accomplish is we know what the Chiefs are going to be asking for, either a new stadium or renovations uh, as well. And At so, this point, because of the concrete stuff, it makes as much sense and, as they did the other. And so whenever the, the Royals' measure be, goes to the ballot, maybe as early as August 2023 next year, um, we know the Chiefs will be right behind them. And so that I think it's, you know, it is definitely still a fair question of if you're going to have what percentage of, of this project is going to be publicly financed and then knowing that the Chiefs are going to be knocking on the door and saying, we would like some of that public money as well. Like, that's going to happen. And that's going to be really interesting to see how all that plays out. 
I know why they're they're doing this because and they can kind of kind of control the narrative. Like they had this thing last night. There were no media questions, right? It was for the fans, for season ticket holders. And I I understand I understand that this is how it works. Like I know I know that you don't always have to like it, but but I also just we can fight. You, you know, if you really are against it, you can fight certain aspects of it. But I would tell you now oh, that your I'm, energy I'm, is better. But no, I'm not you. Just saying. No, I'm saying like in general, I'm all for like the the, the fact that we're having these events and people are voicing yeah, their totally. frustration. I think that that's that is important. I, I but what you're saying is unfortunate. I think we all know what the end result ends up. This thing will end up passing when it's on the ballot, whether it's in August of next year or later. I would assume so. Has there been a city that hasn't passed it? Even Oakland passed it. Like they threatened to leave, and they're eventually going to leave. Remember when Oakland was like, "Okay, fine, you win." We'll give you your money for your statement. Like, ooh, we kind of yeah. didn't. That was an they owner. Like, that oh, was a, that was a league and owner that wanted that. team. We didn't really in, want it. That, that was a league and owner that wanted that team in Vegas, right? I mean, that was yeah. And they thought by saying "pay for our stadium," they'd be like, "We'll never." And then they said, "We will," and they were like, "Oh, damn it!" Now nah, it's fine. We we changed our mind. We don't actually want your money. We want to build this stadium in Vegas instead. That's I mean, at least the Royals and the Chiefs aren't going anywhere. They're Kansas City's teams. And I know that sometimes that's a frustrating part, but at least other cities haven't been as fortunate in that regard. I'm glad that Kansas City at least has that going for them. Uh, the Royals did make a little signing yesterday. One, one thing at the, the meeting last night. John oh, yeah, Sherman when I was saying kind of, commit, uh, I, I didn't mean this kind of signing. No, no. Uh, he, he had mentioned that to check the wire. Uh, some moves maybe be coming down. Uh, one of them happened. There's no way he the, meant Ryan Yarborough you don't when think? he said that. There you, is you, don't, no... you don't think Ryan Yarborough, the 30-year-old on a one-year deal? Look, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a one-year deal. It's a one-year yeah. deal. Uh, that in, in baseball, one-year deal for $3 million, and if he's good enough, it becomes $4 million with incentives. Yeah, nobody should be, like, upset about the one-year signing. We'll see what the guy can ha- can bring to the table. He's a former Tampa Bay Ray. We know the connection, obviously, uh, between him and, and the current now Royals manager, Matt Quattraro. So um, I, I think if he's someone that can eat up some innings for you, we'll see. Uh, and if he ends up uh, you know, having a decent year, then then so be it. And maybe he ends up being, because it's a one-year deal, maybe he's a guy that actually has a good year but doesn't have a long-term future here. Maybe you can parlay that into something else for future pieces down the road. It's a one-year deal. Uh, what other what, moves, what, what are our concerns mo- about workplace biases? He, the only guy he brings over from Tampa Bay, also went to Old Dominion? Oh, yeah. We're not going to factor that into this deal at all? <laughs> um, the people are asking. The Monarchs about, or whatever. The people right. are asking about Old Dominion. Now Vinny, Quattraro, now, now we got Ryan Yarbrough. Nothing but Old Dominion products all of a sudden with the Kansas City Royals. This is the kind of move you give yourself a safety net. This is a starting pitching safety net. One year, $3 million, that's a perfectly fine starting pitching safety net. But it's not, it cannot be all you do in the starting pitching. And if they announce Zach Grinky back next week. I'm assuming that's going to that happen at some point. That can't be all you do in the Cody, starting I, pitching I, department. We all, I mean, I can find the cut again. We played just what, two weeks ago. Maybe a week ago, uh, the cut from JJ Piccolo at the the meetings, winter meetings, and he essentially said, paraphrasing, but you can tell me if I'm reading it wrong. Basically, like this time next year, when we know a bit more about our young guys, we'll we'll be more aggressive then. So I think the move that happened yesterday is probably more the type of move that we're going to continue to see. I don't think they're going to mess with the position players. I think the rotation will bring in another veteran, Zach Ranke, maybe one more after that. There you but go. I think that's it, man. I think that's all we're going to see uh, as they try to figure out more about what they actually have. That clearly must mean that there's a longer leash for Piccolo uh, than we were. You know, we were just wondering what the leash would be. 
must mean that there's a pretty long leash if they're willing to kind of go evaluation this year. I think long-term, it might actually be the, the right move. In the short term, I get the frustration from fans. Nobody wants to hear that they're going to essentially, right now, Cody, it looks like they're going to run this thing back and hope that not having Cal Eldred and other guys on the staff helps the team. I mean, that's kind of what you're asking. You're hoping that this coaching staff gets more out of the young pitchers in the prior regime. And if that's It's impossible the case, to get less. Well, that's fair. Pretty much. Look at you being optimistic today. What can I say? <laughs> Look, they, they did a good job with Brady Singer. I just, I never thought Cal Odrew was the right fit from the beginning, and I didn't think that they were, I thought their problems are what they've identified are their problems. I didn't think they were enough analytically and forward-thinking driven as other baseball teams. I talked to a I remember last year in the middle of it, because, like, the pitching was struggling so much. I talked to a couple of people who'd worked for some other organizations, and it was just like, yeah, everyone just kind of universally accepted at that time that the Royals were behind. They were behind. It's not like they were using um, horse-drawn carriages and everyone else was driving cars, but there was a gap between what they were doing from a pitching staff development department and what other teams in the league had gotten to. Some of that could have been finances, going back to the stadium stuff, but there was other stuff there. I know this is making a lot of a Ryan Yarbrough trade, but in fairness, or hmm, signing, signing, this yeah. is the very first move they've made. It is. So, you know, we got to remember that. And they didn't do a hype video like the Pirates did for Vincent Velasquez. So just take it. Thank goodness. Take it. Take take what you can. I mean, that's you want what a hype I'm, video when they bring back Ranky. Which, by the way, I, I have no problem with them bringing back Ranky. But oh, I want them to bring back Ranky. They 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 need to at this they point. They, at this point, they for, they need to. It's also a little bit different. That's bringing back one of I'm your joking. franchises. I don't need. Do you need a hype video? For Grinky? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. You want one or another? I, I'm sure the Athletics going to write three more articles this year about the stuff he says to people. I like those articles. That's, I know. That you're, wasn't that is, you're, you're a big fan of those overall. Huge fan. Zach Grinke's one of the most interesting he is. athletes in the world. So different than so many of them. You don't like those Zach Grinke articles? I do. You usually point them out to me. Usually, usually, oh, I find them first. Don't usually, you worry about that. Usually give me the quotes. I don't usually have to look for them. Usually Cody will be like, did you see this quote? From Zach Greinke. No, I, I'm looking forward to that. I do agree with you. I think Zach Greinke will be back. Someone said, I don't think Sherm was talking about... He said, I don't think he was talking about the TV show. He was talking about the transaction wire. Yeah. yeah exactly. Maybe. Maybe. The wire was up, you know. Keep an eye for keep an eye out on the wire. Be looking for the wire. Do you think John Sherman's watched the wire? Ooh. Um, That's a real question. I'm right? gonna go ahead and say no. Wow, I also no? say no. That's one of the most popular shows ever. Uh, Cody, Michelle? you've never seen the Sopranos. Okay, but Okay, but th- missing one show doesn't mean that I so don't think that's the case. So why do you think he automatically has seen? The, you, but your example was it's one of the more popular shows. Because show. it's one of those popular so shows. So it's The Sopranos, and you haven't seen it. Why do you think he's seen what's The Wire? Your, what's your logic behind him not seeing I just don't th- I just don't think he's seen it. It's also not like a show that's been out recently. It's, I don't think he's seen it. And it's not like he... I think he has. I think John Sherman's seen it's the It's not like he was with the... the it wasn't in, he's, he was in Cleveland. He wasn't in Baltimore. You know, it's not like, you're, well, he must have known because he was in Baltimore. He was but in Cleveland. None he of us like, live in Baltimore, and no, we all watch the show. No, my point is, like, if he's saying, like, why... So, the other reasons for Like, he's like, well, why would I go... One, I just don't think he did, but also... I can't think of a single reason why he wouldn't have. I can't think of a single reason why you wouldn't have seen The Sopranos. But you haven't. It just happens. You yes, just but happen. I'm the oddity. Okay, he so, might, like... Well, he might not have seen The Wire. If it makes you feel better, Cody, I haven't seen the full Sopranos. I've only seen a handful of episodes. Very good every time I've seen it. I never watched the whole show. Next time John Sherman has a public speaking engage- engagement, we'll be sure to, uh, to ask him. Get Vern about on the, the case. Yeah, Vern, Vern, please ask John Sherman the next time. Have you seen The Wire? And if he says yes, then I want a full breakdown.
Yeah, who's your favorite character? Who's your favorite character? <laughs> Are you breakdown. a Bodie guy? Are you an Full Omar guy? Breakdown. Can you do the whistle? John, can you can you do the whistle? I saw there was a variety article up that HBO tried to cut the very first Omar scene. They're like, eh, we don't know who this guy is. It's not important. He seems like he's just holding up drug dealers. We don't know that that really he pat- matters. The, the actor like, Are you passed kidding? away uh, yeah, last year. Uh, yeah, Michael happened, K. Williams. It happened right before uh, the Chiefs played the Baltimore Ravens because I was at the game, and I remember they, they did like a tribute to him, during, and they played the – and now, they, now they, they did it all last season. I don't know if they're still doing it this season, but they ended up playing that um, throughout the season in tribute uh, in honor of him. Anyway, coming up next. I don't know how we got down that road. Who knows? Uh, well, the wire, right? The wire to the wire. Uh, we'll get to what's trending and back into this Chiefs offense and just what could still happen with it next. What's trending? All right, let's check in on the hot topics. Trending, trending, trending. All right, number one on what's trending. Some news on the injury front from Andy Reid earlier today. McCall Hardman is back at practice. He was activated in that 21-day window. He's still on IR. That's important to note. But he's at least able to start practicing again. Andy had mentioned that uh, he's lost a lot of weight. They're trying to get his weight back up as well. Also, Kadarius Tony expected to practice. Maybe he can actually play Sunday. I don't think McCall's going to play. Uh, on Sunday, that doesn't seem like the vibe we're getting, but maybe, so maybe Tony. Weight back on. Yeah, so maybe Tony could play Sunday against the Texans. And, uh, of course, the Chiefs, 14-point favorites right now against Houston down in Houston. Next up on Watch Training, your World Cup update. Obviously, Argentina advanced yesterday with their 3-0 domination in their semifinal match. Well, France and Morocco are currently underway. France with a 1-0 lead in the 34th minute. That first goal was scored by Hernandez inside of five minutes of the start time of this game. Since then, been a little back and forth. Both a couple shots on goal, but the game right now is still one nothing France. Waiting for an Mbappe goal. Just waiting. If we get France-Argentina, somebody's winning our correct guess on the board for spec. Because oh, our there, internal, there are a couple of people our internal who are internal yeah. A couple people have France. A couple people have Argentina. This is true. This Jet is said very... he had Spain, unfortunately. As, yeah, I mean, and I had Germany, so... You didn't even make it VAR, to the knockout. VAR. You didn't make it out of the... VAR screwed me. That goal should not have counted for Japan. Japan. Should not have counted. It didn't look like he was well. The ball was out of bounds, man. He was pretty far out of bounds. They get, out you of know, bounds. you got to remember, soccer's got a much looser out of bounds than uh, feels like. It just feels that To way. me, like out of bounds, out of bounds, looser out of, out of bounds. It's looser. Isn't that what out of bounds means? It's they out of care, bounds. They care it's out of bounds. Soccer cares less, man. They're just like close enough. I don't know if they care less. The ball has to go fully over the line. If it's not fully over the line, it's not out of bounds. I think it was fully over, man. VAR. You don't know anything about soccer. I think VAR. There's multiple articles written from soccer experts. Name one. Name no, one soccer publications. Expert. Name one. Bleacher name report. one that you read. That's not a soccer. That's not a soccer. It's a publication that covers soccer. Whatever. Therefore, it's a soccer publication. Don't you know that every four years we all become soccer experts? Don't you understand how this works? Being a soccer snob year round, I don't really appreciate that. See, that's the. I am looking at the replay of that, and there's just no way to tell me that ball's not out of bounds. (laughs) You can see green between (laughs) the line, man. That ball's out of bounds. That's the weird thing about soccer fans. Like what what uh, what Jed just said is like, you guys seem to be unwelcoming to those of us that just want to jump on for the four years, for no. every four years. It I don't seems want like any part you guys of it. think you're better than everybody else because I you're don't a fan year round. think that we're better. We know See, we're that's better. The, that's the problem. Like around the Super Bowl in the NFL, if there was someone from another country that said, you know what? I want to be, I want to root for this. Team. I would welcome them with open arms. Nope, not me. <laughs> Get out of here. That's always like the thing about like bandwagon fans. I'm like, don't you want more fans of your team? No. We want it to be an exclusive <laughs> club. 
All right, next up. They're only in together. On what's trending. According to Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, several teams now believe Odell Beckham Jr. is leaning towards sitting out the rest of the year, gearing up for free agency in March. Quote, he'll be the prize of the free agency wide receiver class. Uh, we know that it's a weak wide receiver class in free agency. It uh, is. Top names include Juju Smith-Schuster and Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, this was trending this way in the last couple weeks. We had talked about this, actually, on the air. Uh, that seemingly, like, I don't think he's going to end up playing for anybody this year. Things had cooled off, and the Cowboys visit. You had that stuff leak out. Uh, they didn't think he was healthy. Look, he's just not healthy. He got towards ACL in the Super Bowl. We're not. We're, so I don't think it's like anything to be like uh, ashamed of in terms of like how are you not ready? Like I think everybody in his own expectations of, of getting back in time for January postseason was probably a little crazy. So I would be interested in this offseason bringing him in for a visit and signing him then. Um, but he's not going to help anybody this year. No, and that's not surprising once you started seeing everybody else sign all those guys. Yeah, second it was Hilton and Cole Beasley getting contracts. You're like, okay, this is over. Next up on Watch Training, Carlos Correa, if you missed it late last night. I think Jeff Passon's tweet came through a little before 11 p.m. last night. 13-year, $350 million contract heading to the San Francisco Giants. Report said the Mets came in with a strong offer late. Might have driven the Giants price tag up. But either way, Carlos Correa gets 13 years and $350 million. That is like Jeez. the fifth contract this offseason that has just been for absolutely bonkers money. And we still, the next big one to come is probably for Carlos Rodon, right? I mean, because Ver, Verlander's already signed his. Yeah. Um, so it's probably, yeah, he's. I would say that. And Judge already, of course, signed back. And DeGrom got all that money. And Yeah. It's, um. look, we all know this. We live in Kansas City with the Royals and, and, and everything. Dansby Swanson's going to get a bunch um, of money, too. But it's like, when I see Carlos Correa get that kind of money, it does make me look at Bobby Wood Jr. and it's like, oh, if, he, if he ends up. Don't say up, that to yourself. If he ends up being the guy we think he can be, and I see Carlos Correa getting 13 for 350 or whatever, it's like, it's not happening, man. You're just giving up hope now? If he's that, if that's the type of contract we're talking about, I, I don't see it. Why can't the Royals do it? If the in Twins perfect, gave Joe Mauer all that money perfect, not that long ago, why can't they? In a perfect world, here's what would happen in a perfect world. That in the public financing agreement for the downtown stadium, in writing, the organization had to commit to spending X amount of money per year on the payroll. But that's just never going to happen. I would love that. Like, if you're people, like, you want the public to finance the stadium? All right. Promise us you'll sign Bobby Wood Jr. Instead of this blind trust and doing trust falls together, uh, let's let's write in in stone. Let's put in contract that publicly financing stadium, you get X amount. You agree to spend X amount on payroll per year. I like that. That'll I, never happen. I know that. That's why we said perfect world. But man, I like that the the current trust fall method is just Juju Smith Schuster's touchdown celebration. I just hate the setup. Of baseball, Which was he man. just fell backwards. If you don't remember that yeah, from Sunday, I just I hate the current setup of baseball. That's you want not, a hard floor, hard. Yeah, gap. just I mean, look, dude, look at these these numbers are out outrageous. It's not. It truly is not even. You're not playing in the same league. At all. You know, it makes you appreciate what the Royals were able to accomplish in 2014 and 2015 so much. Of course. It's incredible that they won the championship in 2015. Because when I see, like, the Mets essentially trying to buy a World Series. Like, how much money can we we spend to buy a damn World Series? It makes me want to hope the, the Mets, if there's any team I'm rooting against next year, it's the New York Mets. Like they're, it's insane. Are they going to have a $340 million payroll? I mean, it's just ridiculous. I'm obviously exaggerating. But, like, still, it's, it's not going to be terribly far off from that. Oh, it's going to be high. It's not even very, very high. Man, oh man, that's what's trending. Frustrating. That's all. I just, like, how are you supposed to mean? 
if the NFL ticket. if the NFL had the same thing, the Chiefs wouldn't be able to compete either on a regular basis. So the NFL is the only. By the way, I, you know, like people always just this try is to stick this great baseball. About the NFL. Yes, the NFL is a truly unique sport in this way. The problem is, as you know, is that you almost have to set it up that way from the beginning in order to ever get to that point. Uh, the NBA has installed a cap and floor could because truthfully, without even like a soft cap, which is what the NBA has. You, everybody can't win in the NBA. No offense. I know Milwaukee found their way. So do the Royals. Um, that's not how it works in the well, NBA. Milwaukee found a there Milwaukee are, drafted a generational yeah. player, right? I mean, that's, and, and yes. in basketball, if you have one of those guys, you got a chance, yes. right? So, but only for a limited amount of time because they all go do the same thing that happens in Major League Baseball. Every superstar in basketball leaves Cleveland and goes to Miami. Yeah, Giannis, or is, goes the, Giannis to is unique. Los Angeles. Right? Or goes to this. New York or Brooklyn or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Boston. Yeah. Giannis, the reason why he's so likable, he, he's 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 unique. Not only in his own talent, which is his talent is insane, um, but he's he's built different than everybody else. Not everybody's gonna operate the way that he's willing to operate, which is of course staying in Milwaukee and doing that. I wonder what the uh, I mean, I you know, what's the last small market team to win in the NBA before before, sorry, before Milwaukee, because oh, I, I know Milwaukee qualifies yeah, there. I mean, I don't, I have no idea off the top of my head. Okay, I'm pulling up the yeah. champions by year. Golden State, definitely not a small. Milwaukee, market. obviously, as we mentioned, Los Angeles, Toronto, probably Cleveland, Golden State, Golden yeah, State, probably, yeah, Cleveland. Yeah, it's Cleveland. And you had to draft. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Thank just, you, Jed. Hey, man, just draft <laughs> the single greatest. Again, talent in NBA history. It, Problem solved. Who also left. And the only reason yes. he came back is because it's his home team. But even to your point, yeah, you can draft a guy who's from your hometown, but it doesn't preclude I mean, it I get it. Like the Spurs had a really good run there, so it's not saying it can't happen. The Spurs are a small market team, and they had a dynasty. So, again, generational yeah. player. The problem is baseball. Like, it's not the NBA doesn't have the same problems in baseball. They do. It's just a generational talent can hold you into the mix better in basketball than it can baseball. Because Shohei Otani and Mike Trout on the same damn baseball team, they cannot make the postseason. The the Royals could draft Shohei Otani tomorrow. It will not guarantee them playoff success. But if you draft the next LeBron James tomorrow, it's over. It's It's over for all of you. (laughs) Like it's just and NFL, that's part of the reason why the NFL has the same model that we're talking about. The cap obviously helps. But the simple reality is anybody can draft the next generational quarterback. Any team can do that from any market size. And, I mean, and this it is can a, fix your team. A even like deep, deeper conversation, even though it's just the, the marketing aspect and the regionalization of the sport of baseball compared to these others. We know in the NFL, yeah, you, can, yeah. you, you can be Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, yep. one of the smallest markets, in, in, and, be in, the biggest and he is the face of the league. You know, And in yeah. baseball, very true. You, mean, you even just mentioned the L.A., of course, major market. But on the East Coast, like – if Shohei Otani was on the East Coast, there'd be way more eyeballs of what he's been able to accomplish. Well, if Shohei Otani was with the Royals, there'd be a bunch of people who didn't care what he was doing. Yeah, it's the sad reality of where baseball's yeah. at. It's so regionalized. We can go down that road. We can talk about the TV contracts and why it's I think the Royals should trade for Shohei Otani. That's that's <laughs> yeah. really the takeaway here. That if the Angels are willing to trade him, that the Royals should should trade him. Trade for him. What do you think? Solve their pitching and hitting problems. <laughs> what? I mean, I personally think they should have just signed Aaron Judge, you know? And... and I think they should get Carlos Rodon, and I think they should have got Carlos Correa. I do think yeah. realistic signing. I still think they should sign Dan Swanson. I stand by that. I, well, yeah, we had that conversation. Pitching, 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 pitching. Well, we can't fix that pitching, with signing. Pitching. Between all the young hitters they already have, you added one more. It's a good offense. It's above average offense. You want to talk about something more optimistic, not quite as depressing of the sure. state of baseball. Sure. 
trying to fix baseball today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, still, despite the, the the performance against the Broncos, what we have with the Chiefs right now, and we had Nate Taylor on the show yesterday. We were talking about the young secondary, and I think there's reasons to continue to be optimistic about the future of the secondary because of how much we've already seen from some of these guys in their rookie seasons. Um, but at the same time, are we going to see – still improvement from now till the postseason from the young, or are they kind of maxed out for this rookie season? Justin Reed spoke earlier and we talked about like the, the takeaways and he, he felt like, you know, when you're a young player, a lot of times you're like, you're not, as, you're not as focusing on the takeaways, right? You're still, you're just trying to, uh, it takes, takes getting that first one to get more comfortable. Yeah. You don't maybe know the route concepts as well as after, after two you're just trying to stay league. close to the guy. Sure. So is that more of a, Hey, next year we're going to see reap the benefits of that. Because it doesn't, like, or all of a sudden, is Trent McDuffie and Jalen Watson going to be ball hawks of, out of nowhere here in four weeks? To I me, just don't that's not happening. Um, they're not going to just start taking the ball. Those two guys are not going to be the guys just start taking the ball away. Because, um, you know, at this point, they haven't really done that. So I don't think that that's going to just, like, flip here in these final four weeks. But I also, of all the positions on the field, it does not seem unreasonable to me that the corners still have some room for growth. They have. Well, I think long term, but you think for this season, they're still. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. I think uh, Joshua Williams having to play more now because Jalen Watson's snaps have gone down because of the hand injury that, you know, Nate Taylor pointed out earlier, and that's going to force him into some different situations. And I think that Trent McDuffie, I mean, he's only played like six games, so these final four, damn near 50% of his entire workload. So I think that there's growth there. I, I, I know that I, you know, we're down on the defense a little bit because – they had their worst game of the season. Yeah. Not from a turnover or sack perspective, but when you give up 28 points to the Denver Broncos, no matter how many short fields you put in, people are going to make fun of you because that was the league's worst offense. They had only scored 20 points twice this year. That's the most points they've scored in all this season. So it just felt like you're going to go up against them. But I do. Similar to that is I don't know that I've seen the best of the offensive unit and those things. I, I really do think that there's still something more that's capable out of the unit. It's, it's not a coincidence that in a game where the Chiefs did get six sacks against the bad Broncos team, that they also had a pick six and they also had a turnover. We know that turnover that Snead had, this interception, was directly was, related to the defensive line, Chris Jones in particular, the defensive line getting pressure, getting sacks, causing turnovers. So that's it. We, we can talk about the young secondary a ton, and, and that's fine. But the answer to, like, hey, how do you get more takeaways is a direct result of what you believe this defensive line can continue to do. Sure. Can Chris Jones continue they're fourth to, in the NFL in sacks? Yeah. I mean, at this point, we're supposed can, to assume they're a good can, sack team. Continue to be dominant. You know, Chris Jones, of course, the bulk of that. Um, but can other guys step up? And that that's how you can get to uh, get to more turnovers. I thought when we had Klingon was interesting. He brought up Nick Bolton, how he felt like maybe the last week or two he hasn't been as impactful. That I, I hope we're not going to find out that's more serious groin injury or something like that for for Bolton because that's what. Kling was he's also it. missing more tackles and hasn't been covering yeah, as well. So I, so I assume the groin injury is playing a factor th- here. So then if you're like, okay, well, if it's something that just needs to heal up a little bit, this is where the number one seed becomes important. You can get that 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 buy, that extra week in between and, and, and find a way to... Or getting up big against Houston. Get a lead. So some of these guys don't have to play a full game. You know, they've gotten to take a lot of week 17s. Now, I guess, 18, coming up week yeah, 18. But, yeah. well, it had been 17s in fairness. Yeah. No, I know what you're saying, yeah. They've gotten to take a lot of the final week of the season off. Bunch, right? Either they were locked into the two or they were locked into the one, but they have taken a lot of those last games of the season, get some rest time off. And at this point, 
They're not going to be fortunate enough to do this unless a team drops two. They're going to have to play it to the bitter end if they want the number one seed. And you and I both know that that week off would be more important than taking the week 18 off. So you got to play. You, It's like this Texans game. I know you joke with Kling. You're like, we don't need to talk about the We Texans. really don't. The Cook's not going to play I'm not, probably. I'm not going to break. Not gonna yeah. play. I'm not going to break down the Texans roster for you. No. <laughs> good God. Nobody. Just absolutely nobody wants that. But. You know, they playing them and getting some sense of where this team can still improve matters. We talked about that when said, you know, like we we're talking about where the defense can prove to you that you can feel better about them. I think that that can come in these final four games. They can step up against worst offenses. You got some bad teams left on the schedule, mostly bad teams, maybe one, average, maybe one playoff team. Okay. You're at best two average teams, two bad teams. Yeah. That, that is, that is the most optimistic way you can look at the last four games. Like if you're just being a, you're being super kind, right? If you're being honest, you would say two awful teams, two of the top five picks in the NFL draft. If they had all their picks, the Broncos don't Seattle, a team who's a French playoff team, who's playing their absolute worst football of the year and the Raiders who might mail this thing in. Because after their loss last week, they have literally nothing left to play for. And they're coming off of the most gut-wrenching loss of the season that effectively ended it. Would you be surprised to find out that the Las Vegas Raiders put all their stuff in their suitcase, packed their bag, and called it a season? They have nothing left to play for, right? We talk about that all the time. It's the fact that a lot of those guys still as much as you're right like they don't have anything to play for but if you're someone that's a a free agent the next year like you're yeah. still right you're still i'm not saying still, it affects you're still, everybody you're but. still motivated i get what you're saying like you if, if if the chiefs can get up big on them then that's when it i think factors in more but in general going in i mean look at look at the texans last week i as much as we're not going to talk about them as a as a whole last week they they really should have beat the dallas cowboys they led that entire game the texans did and they were a fourth and goal conversion from winning that game they got stuffed at the line of scrimmage. Driscoll, I, th- I swear, I think he ran the wrong way on the play. And then the Cowboys marched down for a touchdown. Like So, and look, the Texans have been out of the playoff picture since week two, basically. For, you know what I mean? Like, they, they were never in the picture. Have they? They've, they were eliminated, right? They were the first team eliminated from the postseason. There's three teams or four teams officially eliminated, I think. And I think the Broncos, the Bears, the Texans are those teams. Maybe I'm missing somebody else. The Broncos. Do you think in their wildest imagination, through 13 games, they'd have been kicked out? What's that? I said, do you think in oh. 13 games they'd be eliminated? In the NFL, man, it normally takes, like, in baseball, it's the same way. We'll get to, like, September 20. You will get to, like, September 3rd, and you'll be like, wait, the Royals were just eliminated from the postseason? They've been, like, 30 games under 500. I'm like, yeah, but, I mean, there's always the win-out scenario. In the NFL, that's even more plausible, like, hypothetically. So it just takes a long time for people to get eliminated. Yet, and yet, the division's over, and this is over. And the division isn't technically over. The Chiefs could still lose out, and the Chargers could still win out. But it's yeah. over. What are the odds you would get on that? For them not to, for them not to win the division? Yeah. Uh, at one point, they took the divisional odds off the board. Like, you, the Chiefs became such favorites to win the AFC West that – Somebody might put $200,000 on it to win $10,000. The latest check for division. Let's see if it's back on the board. It is uh, (laughs) 41 to one. If you, uh, if you, think the Chargers can come back. That's so it? 10 bucks to win $410. That's, you, that's nowhere close. If you think the Chargers oh, God, somehow are going to win like out. 10 leg parlay than that. I don't even know why you're putting it out there. hundred bucks will win you $4,100. Uh, the Chiefs are minus, what is that? 200,000. 200,000? Is that what you $10 will win five cents. 
Congrats. You can put. You can what put if I had like a million dollars? Well, how about let's just do a thousand? You put a thousand on them to win five bucks, Cody. Congratulations. What if I had like a million dollars though? I, I want to know if I had a million dollars, could I just get like ten, fifteen grand? Uh, you know? The max wager is is showing fifty thousand. Okay. What if I had fifty thousand? <laughs> Two hundred fifty dollars. Oh my God, that's such a. That's kind of how the math works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, could you imagine? You're like, well, I, you know, I just. You just want a free two hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. And I got, and, and apparently I can tie up. Fifty k. Fifty k for only a week. May, well, yeah, yeah. Chiefs are. If the Chiefs beat the Texans this week, they've won the division. And I think the Chargers have to lose again. I think the same I, scenario. Applies. I only, I only have to. I mean, I only, I only have to tie up my money for a week. Two hundred fifty bucks. I bet you'd like a free two hundred fifty dollars, wouldn't you? Again, if this goes back to our early conversation about uh, uh, Mayweather only giving a thousand dollars to the the kids when he's worth X amount, if you've got fifty k just lying around to hold up for two hundred fifty, I just don't think you're worried about the two hundred fifty dollars. Do you? They'll stay rich on accident, do they? Two hundred fifty dollars, free money. If you said you can make a bet for fifty and pretty much quote unquote in your mind guarantee like winning five grand or a grand, maybe fifty k to tie up to win two fifty. What a dumb bet! What a dumb bet! That's all. If you win it, it's not a dumb bet. Oh, well. It's factually, it's just true. Man, it's just how it casinos works. Casinos love that mindset. <laughs> casinos love that mindset. Thanks to Jed Marshall filling in for Nick. He'll be producing for us for the next couple of shows as Nick is supposed to make his way to Germany. Feel bad for the guy. Flight to Germany canceled today. He'll Thanks. get there. I hope I so. I trust man. Nick. I hope so. He's got a plane, trains, and automobile. He'll find a I way. I guess so, man. Coming up tomorrow, we will have Charge give us the latest for fantasy football playoffs. Week one for a lot of people out there. Danian Hughes, former Chiefs wide receiver, will get his thought process on uh, what the offense could look like with Tony and Harmon back in the picture. And um, maybe his thoughts as well on this Houston Texans team. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Deep breakdown needed. All right, the drive coming up next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.